This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. at start. Do you like it? We use it all the time, eh? Yeah, I'm always like we jiggly wiggly away for the song. I like it. Okay, it is Ali Simpson, your local storyteller, and you're listening to Woven Stories on ORFM, and I'm joined by... Who am I? Nobody. Nobody's I here. I'm the silent one. I don't say much at all, and I don't talk on the microphone, and I don't interrupt stuff like that. Kids, do you ever sulk and get told off for sulking? Yeah, because it's not very attractive, is it? When your your mouth goes down, you don't smile, you're mm. frowning, and then you go, "I don't want to do it." Well, Ross is frowning and sulking right now, and so he's getting told off. I could actually turn your microphone off. I have the power. <gasps> okay, are you ready for your first song? In case he turns my microphone off. <laughs> but he's been naughty. We're just kidding with yeah, you. Just kidding around. All right. This is Sunshine by Lisa Crawley, and we think it's perfect because no matter what, if it's sunny or it's raining, it's always good to feel a bit of sunshine inside. So here we go. That is a perfect song. I hope that made you feel really good and happy because you need to, don't you? You need to always sort of sometimes things might not be going 100% right and so you just need to go, okay, what can I do? So what I do is I tap my foot and I click my fingers and I put some music on. I hum. And I have the dance. Hum, hum, do you know what happens sometimes? Ross will be listening to his music. Because I don't know if you know this, but Ross plays a bass guitar. And he'll be listening and practicing his bass guitar in the lounge. And he'll have headphones on. And I'll be working in the kitchen or in the lounge. And all I can hear is this air whistling. Or he'll start humming to a song that he's playing. Because <laughs> he forgets that we can hear him and he cannot. <laughs> so sometimes you just have to do that and have fun. Okay, I know where I used to have fun. And that was when I used to go and finish. Uh, finish. When I used to go and visit my nana in Goa. Who lives in Goa? Shout out to Goa. Yeah. Yay, Goa. <laughs> and here is a song and it's just for... All of the nanas out there, and it's called My Nana's Farm by Anika Moa. Oh, wow, cool, man. We get to go see our nana today. She has a really cool farm. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> 
with Ellie and Ross. The Story of Puss in Boots Many years ago, an old poor miller died. He left his son Tom a black cat, nothing more. But this was no ordinary cat. He was very special. Not only was he very clever, but he could talk as well. Master, he said, don't be unhappy. Trust me, and I will make you a rich man. But Puss, Tom said, feeling very sad, what can you do? Just leave everything to me, the cat said. Oh, well, I've nothing to lose, Tom laughed. 
All I need is a pair of red boots, the cat said, a cape and a hat with a feather. This he got and looked very smart. With a cheery wave, Puss slung a sack over his shoulder and set out. On his way, he stopped by a river and waited for a fat fish to swim by. Quick as a flash, he scooped it out of the water and put it into his sack. Then he walked to the king's palace. Take me to the king, he commanded the footman. With a flourish, he swept off his plumed hat and bowed low before the king, saying, My master, the Marquis of Carabas, presents his compliments to your majesty and hopes you will accept this gift. He held out the fish. The king was delighted. He wondered who the Marquis of Carabas could be, for he'd never heard of him. Little did he know that Puss was speaking of Tom, the poor miller's son. Every day Puss brought more presents of fish or game to the king. Rabbits, pheasants, plump partridges, all from his master. When the king expressed his wish to meet the Marquis of Carabas, Puss had to think of a plan. He had to find the right clothes to make Tom into a nobleman. Soon Puss discovered that every day the king and his lovely daughter drove past the river in the royal coach. He told Tom to bathe in the river the next afternoon, and trusting his clever cat, Tom did so. When he was in the water, Puss grabbed his clothes and hid them, and when the royal coach came into sight, Puss began rushing up and down the path, looking very worried. My poor master is drowning! Help! he cried. The royal coach stopped and the king, peering out of the window, immediately recognised Puss. When he heard that the Marquis was in danger, he ordered his men to rescue him from the river. Puss pretended to search for the Marquis's clothes, and said that they'd been stolen. The king ordered one of his men to lend him a cloak, and so he was able to climb out of the river. "'You shall have a royal suit of clothes,' cried the king, and sent one of his men back to the palace to fetch it. Thank you very much, said Tom. You're most kind. When the suit arrived, it fitted Tom perfectly, and he looked very smart. Puss was so proud, and he introduced the Marquis to the king. I'm so glad to meet you and have a chance to thank you for all those wonderful presents of game you've been sending me, the king said, shaking Tom's hand. Tom looked puzzled. What on earth was the king talking about? Marquis, presents? He must be mad. But Puss gave him a fierce nudge, and then he knew that it was part of the plan, and so he smiled at the king graciously. May I present my daughter, the princess? the king asked. She was a beautiful girl, and Tom immediately fell in love with her. Come back with us to the palace, the king invited Tom. One of the courtiers had told Puss that all the lands nearby belonged to a giant magician who was living in a huge castle. So Puss thought of another plan. Running on ahead, he told all the workers in the fields to say that the lands belonged to the Marquis of Carabas. For saying this, they would be richly rewarded. The men willingly agreed, and the king was most impressed as he learned that all the lands were Tom's. Meanwhile, Puss had gone to the magician's castle. Bravely, he marched into the great hall where the giant was sitting. The magician laughed out loud when he saw Puss in all his finery, but the clever cat was not put out. 
I hear you are a great magician, he said humbly. I'm the greatest, the giant boasted. The greatest, Puss echoed in wonder. I can do anything, anything I want, the magician said. I wonder if you really are so clever, Puss said daringly. The magician jumped up and roared in fury. You dare to doubt me? I can do anything. Puss was just a little bit scared then, for the magician was seven feet tall and looked very fearsome. But Puss had to pursue his plan. Can you change into an animal? he asked. An animal? <laughs> That's easy, the giant said. He got up and muttered some strange words. Puss watched in silence, wondering what would happen next. With a roar, the magician turned into an enormous lion. He looked so fierce, with his teeth bared and his paws raised, that Puss fell off his chair. When he'd suggested an animal, he had no idea that the magician would turn into a lion. What could he do now? The lion jumped straight at Puss, roaring in his rage, but the cat quickly hid under the table, making himself as small as possible. The great beast roared and growled, trying to hit Puss with his great paws. Puss thought hard. Maybe he could bring the magician back into his human shape. Can you also change back? he asked, and instantly the magician stood before him. Oh, that was very clever, Puss said admiringly. I told you I could do anything, the giant said, smiling and infinitely pleased with himself. But surely, Puss said cunningly, it's quite easy for someone as big as you to turn into a large animal. <laughs> it would be really clever if you could turn into a small animal. I can do anything I wish, the giant boasted. Well, could you, uh, for instance, turn into something very small? Something like a mouse? Puss asked, licking his tongue. Just watch me, the magician cried. Once more he stood up and uttered the magic words. And there, as quick as a flash, instead of the magician, a tiny mouse scampered across the floor. This was just what Puss had hoped for. Swiftly he pounced on the mouse and gobbled him up, tail and all. And that was the end of the giant. Now Puss had to make the castle ready to receive his master, and later the king and princess. Puss called all the servants of the castle into the great hall and told them how he'd killed the wicked magician. They were overjoyed at the news, for the magician had been a cruel master, and they had to work very hard. Puss told them to prepare a great banquet. Your new master, the Marquis of Carabas, is staying with the king and princess at the palace, but they will be coming here as guests. Everybody set to work and a huge feast was prepared. Meanwhile, Puss had sent a messenger to Tom to ask him to come and see his new castle. Tom couldn't believe his eyes. When all was ready, Puss told his master to invite the king and princess. They arrived and were delighted with what they saw. Puss, who was in charge of the staff, had found a huge store of gold and silver in the vaults of the castle, so that his master was now a rich man. The princess soon fell in love with the marquis, and the king gave his blessing to their marriage. They made a handsome couple, and at their wedding Puss, dressed in a new velvet suit, 
proudly carried the bride's train. The Marquis and the Princess were very happy, and Puss was a great hero. He and his master went all around the kingdom, deposing of many wicked magicians and barons, and soon there was peace and happiness everywhere. The people clapped their hands and cheered the noble Marquis and his faithful Puss. But Tom never forgot that he was just a miller's son and always helped the poor and the needy whenever he could. Everyone grew to love him as a wise and kind man, but he knew he owed it all to Puss. The Marquis and the Princess had many children and lived happily ever after. As for Puss, he found himself a Pussy Princess with long whiskers and soft, soft fur, so he was very happy too. He smiles now when he remembers the old days at the mill so long, long ago. Hi, this is Kath B, and you're listening to Or FM and Woven Stories with Ellie and Ross. Ah, that's an old story, isn't it? It's a great story. Okay, are you ready? I'm not going to tell you stories today. I'm going to, well, not now. I'm going to talk to you about something I think is really interesting. Have you noticed in the garden, have you ever seen any webs? You know, spider webs? Have you looked at the spiders? We're really fortunate in New Zealand because we've got lots of spiders that do great things in our gardens and in our houses, but they don't hurt us. Isn't that great? That's good. <laughs> that, that is a good thing. Now, there is some spiders, which I'm going to talk about today, that you've got to be a little bit careful of, but other ones, yeah, just be gentle and help them if they get a bit scared. And do you think, why would a spider get scared? Well, sometimes they get stuck somewhere they can't get out of. I know. I'm going to play you a song that is an example of that situation from one of my favourite musicians, which is Chris Presley. Are you ready? Here is a spider in the bath. Here I am, is anyone about? I'm down beside the plug hole and I can't get out. I've been here an hour and a half. Can anybody help a little spider in the bath? Woke up feeling hungry in the middle of the night I saw a moth and thought now that would make a tasty bite So I chased it down the mirror and along the windowsill And around behind the dental floss Then I slipped and fell And here I am, is anyone about? Beside the plug hole and I can't get out I've been here an hour and a half Can anybody help a little spider in the bath? The sides are very slippery Cause the bath has just been cleaned And everything is cold and wet and avocado green There's a long lumpy loofah some pumice in a dish and all I have to talk to 
is a purple plastic fish And here I am Is anyone about? I'm down beside the plug hole And I can't get out I've been here An hour and a half Can anybody help A little spider in the bath? No need to be frightened, I won't do you any harm Just take me to the garden where it's nice and safe and warm And gently put me down and I'll run back to my mother One leg after another, after another, after another, after another, after another And here I am, is anyone about? Beside the plug hole And I can't get out I've been here An hour and a half Can anybody help A little spider in the bath Hey, I'm over here Yeah, down here Look, I'm waving No, don't turn that Somebody let me out spider in the bath. I want to go home. Okay, so what I've done today is I've brought in a book with me to help talk to you about spiders because they do a really great job around the house. Sometimes I know <clears throat> and I'm one of those people that I panic when I see a spider. And um, I, I told you. I don't. I told you a wee while ago about my wee panic when I saw a spider in the hand basin in their bathroom. And, and Ross had to take it outside but because we, did we didn't it. kill it. We were very gentle mm. and we carried it outside. Do you know what? I've looked it up and I think it was a Slater spider. I think that's what it was because it looks. I found a picture and it looks like it. But there's all sorts of spiders that live in New Zealand, and most of them won't hurt you at all. And they try to help actually because they get rid of some mozzies and some flies and mm. some things that we don't want in our garden. So I'm going to tell you about some of them. And the first one I want to tell you about is the grey house spider. Now I'm looking at a drawing of it, and of course it's grey. It's kind of like a dark grey, and it lives in a zigzag, tangly kind of web. In fact, it's often really messy kind of webs with bits and pieces in it. And they often live just around the outside of your house. You know, if you look at the ground and then you look at where the, the um, wood starts, there's often we zigzaggy kind of cobwebs there. And that's probably the grey house spider. And do you know that they sit in the holes, just you can't see them, and then if they feel someone in their web, they come out and they eat the, eat the, spy, uh, the uh, fly. But they're about 15 millimetres, so that's not very long at all. That's only, whoa, maybe a fingernail. That's pretty small, 15 millimetres. It's 1.5 centimetres, so... It's quite small. It's quite small, yeah. Um, and there's other spiders. There is... Oh, this is what I thought I saw in the bath, but it wasn't. There's a black-headed jumping spider. <laughs> black-headed jumping spider and the house hopper spider. Now... Jumping and hopping. Ooh, yeah, the, the, 
And do you know what? They can jump quite far. They're really cool. The black-headed jumping spider and the smaller househopper spider both are quite harmless and will jump onto any inquisitive finger that's poked at them. So you've got to be careful um, if you don't want to get a fright. Are they small ones too? Uh, yes-ish. Oh, yeah? Yes-ish. They're actually a little bit bigger. No, yeah, the, the householder sm- spider is only five millimetres long, so that's tiny. Oh, so that's those little really wee small. ones that jump on your hand. Um, and the um, black-headed hopper, no, the black-headed jumping spider, it doesn't want to tell me how long it is. Oh, yeah, there it is, about a centimetre long. So, no, they're both very small. Oh, okay. Um, but what's really cool is they've both got excellent eyesight and they can leap really fast onto prey so they can jump. And both of them, if they, um, both of them, they make a trail, a fine safety line behind them of their silk, you know, like on a web, and they jump. And if they miss their target, they can just climb up that line again. <laughs> so so like, ha- like having like a bungee rope. jumping. Yeah, almost like having a rope tied on. Yeah, so they're like, they jump. And if they miss, they go, ah, they climb back up again. Ah, try again, try again. <laughs> I think there's a story in that. And another one is called Daddy Longlegs. Now, have you seen Daddy Longlegs inside? It's the one that we see the most, isn't it? You know, the tiny wee body and they've got really long legs. Big skinny legs. I always thought they were called Daddy Longlegs. No, Daddy. I know, but I thought when I was a little girl, I heard I heard Daddy. <laughs> there are Daddy long legs, as in dead. Um, and I used to freak out. But do you know what? The female spider, you can often see her carrying a little ball on her abdomen, and it's actually a nest. It's got all the eggs in it, and it's usually a white a white one, eh? Yeah. And when the wee spiderlings hatch, they often emerge, and they sometimes hang upside down on a row, and they look like a line of washing. <laughs> <laughs> so spiders aren't quite as scary as you think sometimes, mm. are they? Now, what else have we got here? Oh, this is funny. There's a spider called the two-spined spider, and I'm looking at the picture, and it kind of looks like a round blobby bit, and it has two wee bits sticking up like ears. And not surprisingly, it's because the appearance of the spider, the spider belongs to a group called bird-dropping spiders. <laughs> Imagine Ooh, saying, okay. "Yeah, my family's called bird dropping spiders." Yeah, I'm I'm part of that family. <laughs> um, How about one that's called an elephant dropping spider? Well, that would be rather big. I think I'd be running. I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, bird, this, yeah, bird, bird dropping. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, bird dropping spider's fine, but if it was an elephant dropping spider, I would be honestly yeah. running. I'd be. You would see it from the harbour. Or jump back in the jeep and race away in it. Yeah, they make movies that you're not allowed to watch yeah. about those kind of spiders. Okay, there's another one called the crab spider, and. As well as name, it scuttles sideways, just like a little crab. Um, but it's only tiny. It's only two or four millimetres long. So it's so small. It's, it's smaller than your little wee nails. Um, and it's greenish colours. Now, there is some spiders, though, that you've got to be very careful about because they um, either give you a very nasty bite or they can make you a little bit sick. And the first one is actually one that came here from Australia, and it's called the white-tailed spider. Oh, yeah. Now, it 
can give you a very nasty sore bite. And now they're then, very, very painful, those bites. Yeah, so are. if you see that one, you've got to stay. And they're very, what we call aggressive, so they get a bit angry and they come towards you. So, mm. yeah, just watch out for that one. Yeah. The other one that we have to watch out for is a tunnel web spider, and we've got New Zealand's own tunnel web spiders. Mm. But do you know what? They're quite cool, so if you're very careful, it's fine. There's about 25 different types of tunnel web spiders in New Zealand. And they're bigger, eh? Yeah. Than the other ones. Yeah. And and they can deliver a, they can give you a really a painful bite. But you can always tell where their webs are because it looks like a little wee tunnel. And they're often in, in um ferns and things like that in the bush, but you can see them in the garden. Now they stay way hidden during the day and then as it starts to get dark they come out and they sit just ready to jump if something comes onto its web. Now, you know how I was telling you about the um white tailed spider? Something that's really special about the white-tailed spider is most other spiders eat flies and mozzies, but white-tailed spiders just eat other spiders. And do you know what they do? With the tunnel web spider and other ones, especially the grey house spider, they'll go and they'll actually try to trick that spider that there's something in its web, Uh, and it'll use one of its legs and it'll shake the web. And it just waits. Yeah, waits off the side, Uh, and it shakes the web, and when the spider comes out, especially the grey house spider, the poor wee grey house spider, oh. um, when it thinks that something's in its web, it comes out and the, and the white tail grabs it and eats it. Oh. That's, that's pretty smart. Uh, but it's not nice. Um, okay. But, of course, it's doing what it's supposed to do. All right. And are you ready to go on? There's other spiders. So all I want to say go to is the library. go to the library and learn all about the spiders and make sure that you learn which ones are the not-so-nice spiders and which ones are the really special spiders that we need to look after. Okay. So instead of a story, I thought I'd tell you about some spiders. Okay, you ready for a song? Here is This Old Man. This old man, he played one. He played knick-knack on my drum. Knick-knack, paddy-whack, give a dog a bone. This old man came rolling home. This old man, he played too. He played knick-knack on my shoe. Knick-knack, paddywhack, give a dog a bone. This old man came rolling home. This old man, he played three. He played knick-knack on my tree. Knick-knack, paddywhack, give a dog a bone. This old man came rolling home. This old man, he played four. He played knick-knack on my door. Knick-knack, paddywhack, give a dog a bone. This old man came rolling home. This old man, he played five, he played knick-knack on my hive. Knick-knack, paddywhack, give a dog a bone, this old man came rolling home. This old man, he played six, he played knick-knack on my sticks. Knick-knack, paddywhack, give a dog a bone, this old man came rolling home. This old man, he played seven, 
He played knick-knack all round heaven Knick-knack, paddy-whack, give a dog a bone This old man came rolling home This old man, he played eight He played knick-knack on my gate Knick-knack, paddy-whack, give a dog a bone This old man came rolling home This old man, he played nine He played knick-knack on my line Knick-knack, paddy-whack, give a dog a bone This old man came rolling home This old man, he played ten He played knick-knack on my hen Knick-knack, paddy-whack, give a dog a bone This old man came rolling home Okay <laughs> This old man, that was a great one Now here's another song which is Grandma's Fear the Bed When I was a little bitty boy Just up off of the floor I used to go down to Grandma's house Every month in the sun We'd have chicken pie and country ham Homemade butter on the bread But the best damn thing about Grandma's house Was a great big feather bed It was nine feet high and six feet wide And soft as a downy chick Made from the feathers of four eleven geese Took a whole bottle of cloth for the tick It would hold eight kids, four hound dogs And a piggy we stole from the shed We didn't get much sleep But we had a lot of fun on Grandma's feather bed After supper we'd sit around the fire The old folks had smitten shoe I would talk about the farm and the war While Granny sang a ballad or two And I'd sit and listen and watch the fire Till the cobwebs filled my head The next thing I know I'd wake up in the morning In the middle of the old feather bed And it was nine feet high and six feet wide And soft as a downy chick Made from the feathers of four eleven geese Took a whole bottle of cloth for the tick It would hold eight kids, four hound dogs And a piggy we stole from the shed we didn't get much sleep, but we had a lot of fun on Grandma's feather bed. Play <laughs> it on the fiddle. Well, I love my ma and I love my pa. I love Granny and Grandpa too. I went fishing with my uncle and I wrestled with my cousin and I even kissed Aunt Lou. Ooh, and if I ever had to make a choice, guess it ought to be said that I'd train them all plus a girl down the road for Grandma's feather bed. It was nine feet high and six feet wide and soft as a downy chick. Made from the feathers of four eleven geese, took a whole bottle of cloth for the tick. It would hold eight kids, four hound dogs and a piggy we stole from the shed. We didn't get much sleep, but we had a lot of fun on Grandma's feather bed. We didn't get much sleep, but we had a lot of fun on Grandma's feather bed. Hello, I'm Eddie and I'm listening to Woven Stories. <laughs> That's an old song, but it's a good song, isn't it? Okay, now have you talking about grandmas and and nanas and mums? Does does anybody ever like your granddad or your grandmother say something you think what? What did you say? I don't understand. Like it might be a saying, so they might say, oh, they might say, don't put your your uh, umbrella up inside. It's bad luck. 
And they might say... Don't walk underneath a ladder because yeah. something might fall off the ladder and hit you on the head. Um, or they might say, okie dokie I used to have my, my uh, nana used to say, okie dokie. And some, some old people, nanas and granddads, but actually nanas and granddads are really young people. For, that's for all the nanas and granddads out there. You are all young people. Thank you. And some <laughs> of them say, fiddly-dee, fiddly-dee. <laughs> yeah, Ross says that all the time. <laughs> so do leprechauns, but that's all right. Okay, but my mum used to say to me, she used to say, Alison, you're making a uh, storm in a teacup. And so she was meaning that I was making a big deal about nothing. You know, it was just like, just calm down. Well, one day... I was looking at the rain outside and I thought of my mum saying a storm in a teacup and this poem came to me, so I'm going to read it to you. This is a good one. But it is for my mum. Okay. A storm in a teacup, I heard mum say. Well, you can surely see my worry and dismay. With rain falling hard and winds blowing strong, a storm in a teacup would be terribly wrong. The raindrops would splosh right in the centre, filling up, filling much more than it's meant to. The waves would tower over the sides, getting taller as they were pushed by the tides. Then they'd fall into the saucer, which would become full of water. The storm would drown a poor spoon, whose rescue would come only too soon. No. A storm in a teacup would be terribly wrong. A storm in a teacup is somewhere a storm doesn't belong. And that's my poem just for you called A Storm in a Teacup. And so I hope you're having a fun day and not making a storm in a teacup. Are you ready for a song? Well, I thought this song was appropriate because of that poem. And it's I Love It When It Rains by The Wiggles. I love it when it rains and I lie in bed at night I listen to it patter on the roof, soft and light But then a storm may come and the thunder starts to crash The rain beats on the window and I see the lightning flash I hold on Teddy tight and sink down in my bed I close my eyes so tight and pull the covers over my head I feel so snug and warm I know that everything's alright I love it when it rains as I lie in bed at night
that's alright. Now I've packed my bag with lots of goodies, sandwiches, fruit, and a waterproof hoodie. And don't forget to pack the camera. Take lots of pictures for Granddad and Grandma. Let's go on a bushwalk, find some cozy trees. Let's go on a bushwalk. How I love to feel that a breeze, and you might hear the dewy call or the kiwi in the night. But watch your step as you go. The tuatara might give you a fright, but that's alright. What is that over there? What is that strange sound I hear? Hanging upside down in a tree. Awake by night, but by day it's asleep. Hmm. Do you know what it could be? We'll have to keep guessing. Let's go. Let's go on the bush walk. Find some cozy trees. Let's go on. Closer now, we have to figure it out somehow. With your clever mind and my mind too, maybe we just need a few more clues. It has glowing eyes, the strangest wings. Its claws are as sharp as a cat. It feeds on insects and other things. It's a bat. You got it. It must be Pika Pika, a bat. Come on, let's go on a bush walk, find some cozy trees. Let's go on a bush walk. How I love to feel that a breeze, and you might hear the tui call or the kiwi in the night. But watch your step as you go. To a tara might give you a fright, but that's alright. Silly Mister To a Tara. Hi, this is Kath B, and you're listening to Or FM and Woven Stories with Ellie and Ross. <laughs> I was just teasing Ross about liking sci-fi songs and sci-fi stories so much. <laughs> Are you ready? Uh, Here is another one. Here's another one to do with rain and sunshine and uh, you get rainbows. That was Rainbow Rosalind and we've had uh, a sunshine song and we've had uh, a poem about uh, – oh, I can't get my brain to go. Oh. We've had a poem about a storm and a teacup and we've had a song about rain. And here's another one called I'm a Fluffy Cloud by Postman Pat. I'm a fluffy little cloud floating in the sky Cheering up the raindrops so they won't cry 
That is a great song, isn't it? Now, the next song... Oh, yeah, the next song. Yeah. The next song is Yay. the theme song for a TV programme that you may or may not be allowed to watch. So if you're not allowed to watch it, just enjoy the song. It's a sci-fi. But if you do watch the series, if you're a bit older and you watch it, then I think you'll like the song. But it was... I remember, I used to beg mum to watch this programme when I was younger. It was called Doctor who and i know that my nieces and nephews watch it now so here is a great bit of music and it's a theme song for doctor who Doctor Who now, can you imagine sort of like buzzy things floating around in space when they hear that sound? I always get the hair on the back of my neck stands up when it makes that sound. Do you know, <coughs> excuse me, apart from me coughing, <laughs> that the first time Doctor Who was on TV was 1963. 
1963. That's older than me. And I think they've already made another new series as well. Oh, yes, they've made lots. Lots and lots and lots and lots. So there's a modern one now, but the first time it came on was 1963. And then there's been new Doctors and new series. And some of the costumes are fabulous. They are. They're really good. But if you're not old enough to watch it, Mum and Dad will say no. Okay? Just be ready for that. Be ready. But if you're a bit older, whoa, it's good. Okay. We've come to the end oh. of our time together on the this this episode. Not <laughs> forever, no. Not forever, just this episode. We just so, like coming back all the time. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed our songs and stories and everything else about rain and sunshine and being fluffy clouds. <laughs> I'd like to be a fluffy cloud. Can I be a fluffy cloud? I like lying on my back on the deck and looking at fluffy clouds and imagining stuff. True, that's a lot of fun. I hope you're using your imagination, guys, and having fun with songs and stories and your own songs and stories. And we will talk to you again next week. So here we go. Here's our last song. Are you ready? You know, Ross has yeah, picked. Yeah, I picked this one. And I Who think... do you think he's picked? <laughs> uh, just guess. Right, let us wait for a moment. Wait for a moment, Ross. Give everyone a chance. Ready? Nice, quiet radio time. Take a deep breath. Quiet radio time. Okay. Ross can't be quiet on the radio. Can no, I got a I microphone. Know, I can in front hear of everybody me. yelling the chipmunks because everyone knows you, Ross. Everyone knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, this is a chipmunks cover that, which means they're singing somebody else's song written by somebody else. And this is a song I think all the mums and dads and the nanas and granddads out there will recognise. Written by Dave Davies, or sorry, Ray Davies, out of the Kinks. Oh, he's going on now. Okay, here's the last song. <laughs> have a good time with this song because it's one that it's means we all one. love each other and we all have fun together. Here you go, have a good boogie. It's called You, you really, really Got, got me. me.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.